Amen and Amen. So this morning, the title, if you want the title, is This is the Move. Not a move, say the move. This is the move. I believe with all my heart that even in, in, in the time that I've been blessed to be with this house and blessed in this church and been blessed to walk with the pastor and pastor Z and just see how God has been moving in and through this ministry over the many years. You can see how certain how things are culminating at this moment in time for us. Now, I'm not saying God isn't moving in other churches. Amen. I'm saying for us, for our people, and for what God is doing here. I'm not mitigating or, or, or making light of anything happening in any other ministry because I know God is moving. Amen. But for us, this is the move. There's a move that's taking place, and you can identify the move when you start to hear the word that's being preached. Amen. That's why when you come to church on a Sunday, it's not just to get a nice little message. It's to hear prophetically what God is speaking over our lives as a people. It's to hear, God, what are you saying? What do you want to say for my life? You must hear the voice behind the voice. Are you with me? That's why you need to be taking notes. I was checking the other day. I think I've got over 200 and something notes that I've taken just from Apostle Max alone. In Evernote, online. It's still there. And that was before I had Apple and Evernote. That was from Apple and Evernote, so let's just say that. So there were notes before that sitting in books, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm just saying to you, but when I'm taking the notes, I'm listening to you. What are you saying, Daddy? What are you speaking about the season that we're in as a ministry, as a church, and as a people? What are you prophetically declaring? Because the Word's going to lead you. Amen? Before Jesus came, I mean, I love the, the, the worship this morning. It was just phenomenal. The presence of God. And I love Christmas. Why? Because we're celebrating the word being made manifest. They spoke about Jesus coming. It was prophetically declared for centuries, even millennia, of his coming. Are you with me? And that was leading each and every moment. It was what they were looking towards. And so when Jesus comes into the earth and the word is made manifest, it wasn't just all willy-nilly. It was prepared and preached before. Are you with me this morning? you got to work with me this morning. Don't be so quiet. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, you got to work with me. Amen. So what am I saying to you is that when you hear the word being preached, or when you hear apostle on a series, or in busy dealing with something, is preaching the word. Why? Because God knows that that's what you need for your now. And God is preparing you for what is to come. Are you with me? And even as I've just been listening to his words, what he's speaking, every time I have a conversation with him, I can hear that God is busy moving. I'm telling you now, there's a move that's taking place in this house, but it's time for this to become attentive to what God is saying in the season. Your spiritual ears and eyes need to be open to what God is doing in the season, and that's why I'm saying this is the move. This is what has been prayed for. This is what has been sacrificed of the sacrifice has been made for. I believe we're coming into that season as a church. And I know that what God has deposited on the inside of him, that's why I say you must pray for him. To protect that which God wants to release. Because the word must go first. Amen. So even in the season, I can tell you, and in my spirit, I can tell you something's coming. I can tell you he's going to be releasing something over this house in the next coming weeks that's going to shift and change your lives forever. And so this morning, in the word that I'm here to share with you, it's to bring you to attention. It's preparation for the prophetic. In 2 Chronicles 2020, we can go there. It says, so, so they rose early 
in the morning, he went out to the wilderness of that place, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Listen. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. So the one says, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Now, how many of us know that when, you, when you're dealing with establishment, you're dealing with security, you're dealing with being firmly rooted in a place. Uh, when a tree is established, you're not going to just be able to move that thing anyway. Are you with me? But when you're established on the principles of the Word of God, you cannot be easily shaken and moved. And that's been a season that we've come in. For many people, it seems like hell broke loose over these past two years in their lives, in their families, in their communities. Amen? It seems like what? Was, some people even thought that, God, are you even here? But it was a moment where you had to just stand firmly in the Word. It was a moment where you had to be rooted down. There's a scripture in the book of Luke. It says, where Jesus says, occupy until I come. It's a military term that states that you advance and then you hold. You advance and then you hold. And when you believe in the Lord your God, you are established and you can hold. And so there's a season where we were running for strong, but then it has been a season of just being established and holding firm, being rooted and saying, I don't care what it looks like around me. I don't care what the devil's throwing against me. I'm telling you that God is with me. He's on my side. And some way and somehow I'm coming out of this mess with a testimony and with the goodness of God being made manifest in my life. Come on now. It's been that season. Many have fallen by the wayside and many have become discouraged, but I'm decreeing and declaring that in this season, people, are rising, they're getting up, they're finding their strength, they're coming back to the Word of God, they're coming back to the house of God, and they're going to be a part of the next move of God in this place in Jesus' mighty name. So there's a season where you need to hold. The sons of Issachar could discern the times and the seasons that they were in and what Israel ought to do. And I can tell you now, that even as I've been watching Apostle and been listening to the Word and paying attention to what God is saying in and through his life, I'm seeing that there's a move coming. I'm telling you now, I can feel it with all of everything happening on the inside of me. There's a move that's taking place in this house. I'm telling you right now. And the Word is coming. And this Word is to get you up to prepare. Get ready for what God is about to do in the next season in Jesus' mighty name. So firstly, it's what? It's to be firm. It's to be rooted. But then he says... In the latter portion, he says, believe in his prophets and you will prosper. The word prosper in the Hebrew word is uh, tzalak, whatever you want to call it. But the meaning is to push forward, to break out, to go over, to come into and to be profitable. The word prosper, to push forward, to break out, to go over, to come into, to be profitable. So when the prophetic is coming, you know that that prophetic is going to push you into a place where you're going to break new ground, where you're going to advance where things were stopping you in the seasons before, where you're going to go over and not under, where that business that was dying is going to become profitable. Hear me, where you're going to move into the next season with a boldness and a strength like never before. Why? Because that word is going to cause you to prosper. 
I believe that's where we position today. And so this word that I'm coming to speak to you is to wake you up this morning for what's to come. God is saying the word is going to release in the next season through the prophet of this house for this house is going to be the next move of God over our lives. Amen. But it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to catch up. It's time for us to get up. It's time for us to stop being uh, full of uh, spiritual slumber or lazy and get up and do what God has called you to do. I know that it looks tough out there. I know that it's been a difficult season but I've come to tell you that this word is going to break you out it's going to bring the healing the wholeness and the deliverance that God has assigned to you and to your household and what the devil has tried to put against you no longer will it ever overcome you you're going to stand up and rise up in the season and be all that God has called you to be I see children coming home where they were wayward I'm seeing addicts being released and delivered I'm seeing people being healed and set free I'm seeing businesses flourish taking over wherever we go the influence of the kingdom of God through the sons and daughters of this house in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah I'm telling you something is coming I'm telling you something is coming I'm expecting to hear what God's going to release through the man of God in this house in the next I'm telling you there was a statement that Bill Johnson he said he said the measure and the size of the harvest is determined by the measure of the word being preached I'm telling you I'm telling you I'm telling you Hallelujah. So I just started. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So let's go. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 1, and that's where we're going to stay this morning. I want to break down a few things for us this morning because we're dealing with, with, with the dispensation of the kingdom going into territories to influence the world for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Before we go, there's just a pretext, obviously, just to give some understanding of the positioning of what's transpiring and taking place in this moment in time, you have the Israelites that were delivered from Egypt, right? Before that, God speaks to Abraham. Sister Abraham, you're gonna, I'm going to make you a massive, massive nation. I'm going to make you, your, your descendants are going to be as, as more as the sand and the seashore, more as the stars in the sky. But I'm going to give you this place, he says. He says, this is a place, this place called Canaan. I'm going to give you this land as the land for the, for the nation that's going to be birthed out of you. But he says, firstly, they're going to be in prison for 400 years. I don't know how many of us would have wanted that prophetic word. It would have been like, okay, Jesus, cut that piece out. Just give me the nice stuff. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, he says, for 400 years, they're going to be enslaved. And then I'm going to deliver them. And then I'm going to bring them into this place. And he says, because the judgment has not come yet for the people that are currently looking after the place. That God's calling him to possess. Are you with me? So God supernaturally delivers a people. Like, I still, I still don't think, you know, we hear the stories. We, we, we see the pictures in the, it, when, you, when you do the Bible stories for the kiddies. You know what I'm saying? You see the pictures. You see the stuff of the storm, of the hail and the, the swarm of locusts and stuff we get. And for many of us, I think even in terms of our understanding or understanding the complexity and the size of actually what happened. We don't realize that the miracles that took place wasn't in a church. It was over a nation. You didn't have to see, you know what I'm saying? If you're in Cape Town and we're sitting in Joburg, you didn't have to watch on YouTube the miracle that was taking place in Joburg. Wherever you were, you experienced the hand of God and the judgment of God upon a nation. The supernatural thing takes place. Ten massive, massive, massive encounters. And eventually uh, the Pharaoh says, okay, just get out of here. They leave and he still tries to pursue them, which I don't understand. 
after what just happened to you, you still try to go after the PE. This don't make sense anyway. But the devil don't make sense. Amen. And as he goes, God wipes him out. They come up with the well. They come out with the enemy being destroyed. And they come out being healed and whole. Supernatural. Nothing that they did. The only thing they needed to do was bring the sacrifice. That is the only thing. They had to sacrifice the lamb according to what was, what was uh, dictated to by God. God said, this is what I want you to do. And when you do this, you will get out. Supernaturally. That's why when you bring Jesus, the lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, that's the only requirement for your salvation. Nothing else. Nothing else that you can do. God supernaturally delivers you, sets you free, takes you out from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light, makes you a child of God with the very DNA of God, restores your life in one instant, and you did nothing for it. So they ripped out of Egypt, and they come into the wilderness, and they're supposed to go into the promised land. They send 12 spies to spy out the promised land, to come back and say, hey, it's good. It's a land flowing on milk and honey. I'm going in, and 12, the other 10 say, Abuta. They say, no, 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 no. The people, they, they say there is milk and money, milk and honey. There is, it's there, it's loaded. But you know what, the people, they are giants. And we were as, as grasshoppers in their sight. Their identity couldn't push them through. They could not see what God saw in them. And because of their unbelief, the Bible says they gave an evil report. Unbelief is considered evil in the sight of God. That's why without faith, it is impossible to please God. Are you with me? So their unbelief keeps them out. It doesn't change the fact that they saved. Let that summer. It doesn't change the fact that they saved. It doesn't change the fact that they're children of God. It doesn't change the fact that they're chosen by God. It doesn't change the fact that they're loved by God. But because of the unbelief, they could not go in and possess what God had already given them. So don't blame God if there's no progress. Don't blame God if you're not going in. There's something that you need to know about you that needs to break, that needs to change. There's some place where you're believing something you should not believe because you are no grasshopper. You are giant slayer. You are no grasshopper. You are king in the kingdom of kings. Amen. Hallelujah. God has called you and assigned you to overcome and to dominate wherever you go. But if you don't see it, you can't have it. Even if it is you. So anyway, so they get stopped. They can't go in. God says, okay, now 40 days. For every for 40 years, for every day that you were in there, they spied out for 40 days. says, for every day, because of your unbelief, 40 years, you're going to stay in the wilderness. And the one generation is going to die out. And the next generation, I'm going to raise them myself. And I'm going to bring them into the promised land. Are you with me? So when we're at this point in Joshua chapter 1 verse 1, it's where that 40 years has transpired. The one generation has died out. It's the next generation that's coming. Joshua, however, was one of, the one of the two in the 12 that came back with a good report and said, we are well able. So Joshua is a youngster at 80 years, going to lead the people to go take over in the promised land. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. I'm going to take each verse and we're going to break it down for us to be prepared. Say, I'm prepared. Say, I'm prepared. Amen. 
Joshua chapter 1 verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, stay there, don't move from one. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, I want to deal with two factors here. Number one is time. Time in the Greek language, is two, there's two major words that define time. One is chronos, and chronos deals with your minutes, your hours, are you with me? So it's actual measurement of time. But there's another word that's called kairos. And kairos means an appointed time and an opportune moment or a due season. Say it's my appointed time. It's my due season. So here is a kairos moment that's being announced. God says, after the death of Moses, after the death of an era, an age, and a dispensation, this time, this, this, this chronos is complete, and the kairos is opening for the new. Are you with me? So God says, I had to have a Moses. And I'm not talking in terms of people or leadership. I'm dealing in terms of eras and time. Are you with me? So I had to have a season of a Moses. Are you with me? Because you needed to get the word. You needed to get the understanding of the tabernacle. God had to define them as a people and say they are mine. That's all that happened in the wilderness. Moses was raised up for this very purpose. He delivered the law, the word of God. He delivered the further laws of God. He governed the people according to God's will, plan, and pleasure. Hear me. He established them as God's people. But Moses is dead. That season is over. Because even if you look at the church over the past hundred years or so, you see how different dispensations were birthed. How different revelation and understanding came. You had Martin Luther, the guy who went up to all the churches and did the, uh, uh, what's it called, the Reformation. We, we knocked the laws on there to say, no, you can't be charging the people for their sin. They can't pay money. It's by grace that they saved. And so grace was illuminated in the church once again after the religion started to stifle and, and stop the growth. Are you with me? In terms of people's relationship with God and their salvation. So here comes grace. And then you find other preachers and ministers. You have the Azusa, uh, the Azusa Street uh, transformation that thing happened where the Holy Spirit got poured out. And it was just like miracles, signs, wonders, people praying in tongues, stuff that people thought wasn't possible anymore. God had a move of God. Are you with me? And then the next came and the next came. And you had your Otto Roberts and your Papa Hagens. And then you had your Kenneth Copelands. And then you had your Jerry Savalls. And then you have your Bill Wistons. And now you of your apostle max amen so how they come with different dispensations not killing off the previous dispensation but building upon the truth that god established in the previous so when god says moses my servant he said that thing is done we're not going back there anymore the time to move is now so you must understand time you must understand moments. You can see that there's a Kairos moment. I'm telling you now, there's a Kairos moment happening over this ministry where God is pulling back and pulling open. And the word of God that's going to be preached in this next season is going to release it over this house. So be attentive in this next season. Amen. But there's a time. There's a time. There's a, a time, a moment when God ordains the new season to come in. And it's a Kairos moment. And the reason why I'm saying to you this word must prepare you is because I don't want anybody to miss it. 
No one misses out in the season, I declare, over Kingdom Life Embassy. I don't care if you fell behind. I don't care if you fell back into sin. You're falling back into Jesus in the season. Amen. People are going to get up and they're not going to miss their moment, their time, and their season with God in Jesus' mighty name. And the problem is sometimes that people can get so stuck in the lost that they're unable to see the new. You see, we build traditions around the old move of God. There was nothing wrong with it, but you're supposed to learn the lesson from it to build into the next that God wants to deliver. That's what happened to Moses. If you go to Exodus chapter 17, verse 6. Behold, I stand before you there on the rock in order. This is God talking to Moses. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And then the water flowed. So God says, take this thing, smack the rock, out of the rock, it's going to come enough water. Now we're thinking a little fountain, you see, at the gym or something, we push that button. Never need. This is three million people, and this is with livestock, with animals that must all drink from the same place. Are you with me? So this is like a dam that's in the middle of the desert. So he says, strike the rock. Good. Moses strikes the rock, and it happens. Go to Numbers chapter 20. The second time God comes to him, God says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. What does he say? Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give them drink to the congregation for them and the animals. Go. Next one. So Moses took the rod and from before the Lord, and he com- as he had commanded him, so he's got the rod, he's standing before the rock. Moses and Aaron gathered to the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here now, you rebels. Okay, so Moses was upset to the people. You know what I'm saying? Don't get angry with the people. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? <laughs> then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation and the animals drank. So what did God tell him? And then the next one, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me. To hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. God says, because you've done this, you will not go in. Because Moses couldn't shift from one dispensation to the next. So does it mean he doesn't love you? No. Does he still bring water for you? He used the old way. He didn't eat it once. He ate it twice and God still blessed him. But he couldn't get what God had for him because he refused to move where God was moving. You see, you can sit and you could have had great teachings in the past. You could have come from another house. I'm not bad-mouthing anybody's word, anybody's church, nothing. I'm just saying to you, you've got to be aware, as the children of the Most High God, what God is saying in every season, to be functioning on the now word so that you can come into the now blessing of what God has got for you. It does not mean that God will discard you. He will still take care of you. Why? You're still His child. You understanding me? Just because you don't want to listen to me as my child doesn't mean that I throw you out of my house. Uh, oh, that maybe didn't go down for some. Uh, I hope my mother and my father's listening. But I was thrown out a couple of times. But you don't discard of them. You don't write them off. They're not now not your children anymore. No, you still take care of them. They just never walk into what you have for them. They'll just never receive the things that you want to give them. Are you with me? There's stuff I want to give my children, but they can't handle it now. I can't give my child a car now. It just does not make sense. He does not have the capacity. He's not responsible enough, and they will not get it now. Do I want them to have one? Yes. 
but they're going to grow up into it. And if they refuse to grow up into it, if he wants to choose a different way, and my children will never in Jesus' name, they will not get it until they ready themselves for it. So even though the new is here, the announcement has been spoken and is coming. If you refuse to break free from the old, you will never walk into the new. One is your religious ways. No, but this is how we always did it. You know what I'm saying? It's like that story of the pot where the mother uses a certain size pot and they always have to cut off a piece of the leg of lamb or whatever it is to make it fit in the pot. And the child asks, why are you doing this? Says, I don't know, let me ask my mother. And she asked my mother, and she said, no, the pot we had was too small. That's why I had to cut that piece off. You know what I'm saying? So in the new that God is speaking to us about, it's you've got to break free from the old. You don't discard the old because they needed the law. They needed the things that Moses had done and given in that era and in that age. But there were certain things that God wanted to show them that's going to change in the new. Are you with me? When God moved through one man, he was moving through the whole congregation in the promised name. So you've got to identify and say, hey, things are happening in my, in my midst. Things are shifting. What do I need to let go of? And I'm also dealing with, you know, if there's, if there's, if there's um, hurts, pains, if there's offenses, let go in this season. Let go. What God has got for you and what is ahead of you is far greater. Let me tell you something now. This is what I sense. And I'm t- this is just by what my, my conversations that I have with the apostle and the word that he's been preaching. I sense God is going to do something so supernatural that when people look at it, they're gonna, they cannot, will not be able to deny that this was God. That it's going to astound you so much. That, that with the scripture, it says more than you could ever imagine. Your imagination has no limitations and no boundaries. Yet the Bible says he'll give you more than no limits and no boundaries. There's something happening in our midst, and God is moving now. But it's time for us to get up. Amen? So number one is time. You've got to understand the time. And then number two I want to deal with is timing. So you have time, identifying the opportunity, and then you have timing. Because timings, you know, I think it was, sure man, I think it was four or five years ago, we got a prophetic word in the house. And uh, I was with the apostle when, the, when this, this apostle gave him the prophetic word. He said, you're in the transition of all transitions. So that was the time. It's the crown, the kairos. We thought, or maybe not speak for apostle, I thought, if we're transitioning, most, it's most two steps. Now we're here. <laughs> Five years later, we're still <laughs> in the transition. Of all transitions, it's coming to pass now. But what was the challenge? That there's a timing that happens with God. You see, sometimes people release prophetic words over people and say, Ah, oh, you're the next prophet of the nation, whatever. And tomorrow they want to run out with a business card to say, I'm prophet so and so. No. You don't have the capacity to handle a nation. Can you manage five people? Then you can talk about a nation. So when God speaks the word of what's to come, the kairos, the opening that's coming, God will then, through his timing, put you in the place to prepare you, to build your capacity. Because the same 
outpouring. Hear me. I can be opened up heaven now. Say there was water lodged in this tent on the top and I make a hole. That water's going to pour, right? If I come with a glass or I come with a bucket or I come with a bathtub or I come with a swimming pool, the degree of capacity that I come with determines the degree of water I'm able to hold. Are you with me? So you can't go and say, I'm a prophet called to the nations, but you're coming with a chalasiki. God's saying, no, you've got to go through some stuff. You've got to get hair on your teeth so that you can handle when I want to pour out what needs to be poured out into you. So don't just be running all wild and running all like spooky pookies and saying, no, 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 no. There's a time of preparation. So God is going to promote in this next season. He's going to shift you in the next season. It might not be to the final position, but he's going to build you there for where he's taking you. So there's timing. Hear me. Moses was ready at 30. 30. When Moses was, was it 30? Let me just calculate. Because he went to 80. Yeah, so when Moses was 40, he was ready to deliver the people. Age-wise. But he wasn't prepared. Because at, no, he wasn't 40. I lie. He was 40, 80 minus 50. He was 50. He was 50 when he was ready, when, when it was 400 years, when the word was complete, he was 50 years old. Are you with me? No, I lie, he was 40. Don't judge my maths. He was 40 because he killed somebody at 40 and God sent him 40. He would have been 50 when he was ready to deliver the people, but at 40, 10 years, at 390 years, Moses kills somebody, God sends him to the wilderness and says, now go wait 40 years. The word was spoken that it's 400 years. But the capacity of the leader to bring the deliverance wasn't ready. God says, I'm patient enough to wait for you, Moses. So your obedience in every season is determining the rate of your capacity growth. Your obedience in every season is determining the rate of your capacity growth. And the more obedient you are, the greater your capacity to receive. And the greater your capacity to receive, the greater your capacity to manifest. Are you with me? So when God is dealing with you in moments, in times, and in seasons, and you're dealing with the timing of God, the key is to be hearing and be listening and say, God, whatever you say, I'm going to do. So that he builds the capacity inside of you so that when he pours, you don't scluck. You don't buckle under the pressure. But you can handle what God is putting in your hand. This way they were going into was going to change their lives forever. Forever. Hear me. The Bible says there were giants in that land. When they came back with the, with the fruit of the land, it said that they carried one cluster of grapes, Ian driver, between two people. That means a grape must have been the size of a watermelon or a sweet melon. One grape. Now that's only one cluster of grapes. What was happening in there? If a giant is living in a house, how big is that house? How big is that bath? It's like a swimming pool. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the size of the blessing was ginormous. But because they saw themselves as grasshoppers, they could not go in. And that generation would have passed down that same mentality to the next. So Jesus said, God says, no, 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 no. Bring them into the wilderness. That the one generation died. And in Joshua chapter 5, he says, I raised their children. I taught them. I grew them. I fed them. And I showed them who they are. So that when they go in, they're not going to care about the size of the devil. They're going to look at the size of the hops. So there's timing. Don't mitigate timing. Take the time with God. When God is preparing you, be prepared. Don't delay. Don't waste time. Amen. Joshua chapter 2. 1 verse 2, sorry. Joshua 1, 2. 
2. Check mic 1, 2. There we go. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. He says what? He says, go. This is the move. He says, this is the move. It's happening now. He says, go. He doesn't say to Joshua, you go alone. He says, the congregation, you go. Because it's for everyone. It's not a blessing for one. This is not a bless me and my house, us for and no more. God is creating a move over the ministry. A move over the people. Hear me. It's not for one to get a blessing or one to get a breakthrough or one to come into. No. There's a move over the people. He says for all. The, stay, on, stay on Joshua chapter 1 verse 2. Don't move from there until I tell you to. But he says they're giving to them the children of Israel. Not to one. To all. Why? Because it's a move of God. It's not a breakthrough. It's a move of God. God is shifting things, shifting atmospheres, shifting places, shifting territories. Why? To bring people into what is assigned to them. Your space is in the move. Your portion's in the move. Are you hearing me this morning? Your portion is in the move, but it's never going to be isolated or by yourself. When you're all by yourself and taking care of us for and no more, it's in the wilderness that that took place. Because you could only feed you and your family. You couldn't take anything more. You just had to take care of you. But when you come into the promise and God says, all of them are going in. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going in. Say, you going in. We're all going in in this next season in Jesus' name. That's why I'm saying this word is to prepare you. It's to wake you up for what the God is about to do in this house. Amen. He says, Go. He says you need to move. He says you need to, to see what I'm doing in the midst of the congregation and move with the move that I'm giving. There's a move coming in this next season and the word that's going to be released in this house is going to shift us, hear me. You need to be attentive to what God is going to do so that you can move with the move. And as you move with the move, you'll get your peace. But it's part of the move. He says arise. It's time to get up. COVID, let me tell you something. Greater than the effect that it has on people's physical bodies, mentally and spiritually, what is done to people, it's on another level. That thing breaks today. Hear me, over this house, it breaks today. People have become fearful, they have become slothful, they become lazy spiritually, not prioritizing spiritual things, not making time to pray. You know, you, you, you watch the service, but you're laying in bed. You know what I'm saying? The coffee's coming from the one side. The food is coming from the other side. You don't even have a Bible. You don't even have notes. I'm not even going to look to the cameras because I don't want the people to feel like I'm judging them. I'll look to you in the service. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? And then something happens, and then you walk out of the room for five minutes, ten minutes, and you come back into the room, and you want to pick up where the word is. Don't work like it. It's a distraction of the enemy. Why? Because he doesn't want you to sow that thing inside your spirit. Because the minute you believe it, all things are possible to those who believe. So if they're preaching healing, he'll get you out of the room. If they're preaching prosperity, he'll shift you and get you distracted. Why? He does not want you to get the word in the season for what God is about to do. But I've come to tell you this morning, it's a season for you to arise. It's a season for you to get up and stand in what God has got for you. Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 5 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come in the glory of the Lord. Is risen upon you, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, Kingdom Life Embassy, and his glory will be seen upon you, Kingdom Life Embassy. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kingdoms, kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. 
They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, and the wealth of Gentiles shall come to you. It's your season. It's your time. It's your moment. As a church, we're getting up. We are rising in the season. They're going to see the light of God's glory all over us, and wherever we go, they will come to the brightness of our rising. Gentiles are coming with the wealth of nations to you and to your household and to this move in Jesus' name. Come on now. I'm telling you, in the moment of such adversity, the church, this church at least, we're going to stand up and people are going to take note of what God is doing in and through our lives. They're going to know like they know like they know. The Spirit of God is with these people. Like the Daniels and the Josephs. They're going to say, ooh, the Spirit of God is with these people. When pray things happen when they speak things change when they go things change and shift hallelujah hallelujah come on now chapter 1 verse 3 Whew. 3 and 4 and stay there Joshua 1 3 says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you as I said to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river, you know, all their places, and toward the sun going down, shall be your territory. He says, as I said to Moses, as I said, hear me, there were people that have come before you that have been praying for the breakthrough that we're going to see in our generation. There's been words that have been prophetically declared over the last hundred years that's going to come to pass in this generation. I'm telling you now, you can see it with Jesus, how they spoke the word continuously. And they never got to see the manifestation of what they were prophesying. But in our generation, it's time. It's not even about you. It's not even about how special you are. It's not even about how favored you are. It's about the word of God coming to pass in our generation. Hear me. In Luke chapter 2, verse 36 to 38, I'm not going to go there, but it speaks of the prophet Anna. How she prayed, I think it was like 70 years or something like it. She prayed. Because God told her you're going to see the Messiah. She interceded. Her husband died. All she did was prayer and fasting. And God used it to bring in what? To bring in the word. So when Mary got chosen to bring in the manifestation, it wasn't even about Mary. It was her obedience that allowed God to use her. But it wasn't even about her. There's words that have been spoken, hear me. There's even prophetic words that have been spoken over your life personally. There's words that have been spoken over this church. There's words that have been spoken over this generation. It's coming to pass and culminating with power. Not because of you and I, but because the word of God shall not return to him void, but must accomplish that which has been purposeful. All we need to do, hear me. All we need to do is say, Lord, do it to me. Let it be done to me according to your word. Let it be done to us according to your word. Come and do it in and through our lives. Amen. That was Isaiah 55 verse 11. Number two, in that same scripture, Joshua 1, 3 and 4, he says, it's about territory. It's about territory. This is the dispensation. It's about territory. It's about dominion. You cannot have dominion with no domain. 
You cannot have dominion with no domain. And the problem is the church over the past few dispensations, and it's nothing wrong with it. We've been preaching salvation and that you're going to go to heaven when you die one day because we've stayed there and camped there like Moses with the first rock and did not make the shift. We did not take responsibility for the domain we were living in, and that's why we did not have dominion. We never believed that earth was for us because one day I'm going to heaven and experience hell on earth, but one day in the sweet by and by. No, when you take responsibility as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and a child of the kingdom of God, and you say, God, you've ordained this place and this space for me, and I take authority over this place, all of heaven breaks out to back you in order for you to go and do what you need to do. So you can have dominion because you've taken responsibility over a domain. That's God's intention. It was never to die in the wilderness. It was never to live in Egypt, but it was to come into the place of promise. He says what? It's about territory, geographic and spiritual influence. When you deal with the seven mountains of government, media, arts and entertainment, education, uh, all of those, religion, and there's another two. But when you deal with the seven mountains and you deal with those spheres of influence, we call to go in and possess. That's your territory. Yes, there's giants there, but I don't care. Jesus gave me the victory more than 2,000 years ago. God has assigned it to me. So when I'm getting up and going in, it's about the territory that God has assigned to me. Hear me. And he says, you put your wherever the feet, your foot will be placed upon that territory I've given unto you. It's not anywhere. It was only in Canaan. The place of promise. They couldn't go walk in the wilderness and say, however the Lord said, the foot of to me. No, it wasn't assigned to you. You can't go walk in somebody else's territory because you see this person can sing and now you also want to be a singer, but... You know what I'm saying? You don't even qualify for the wooden mic. But you believe. And so you want to walk in a field that's not yours and you, oh, yes, Lord, I believe wherever the soul of my feet. No! It's not a sign to you. If you read verse 4, he breaks out. He says, from here to there, to there, to there, to there. Now, in here, wherever you walk is yours. And then every tribe and every family gets their own space. Because he says to this tribe, you guys will take this portion. And in this portion as a tribe, every family must get a piece. Get your piece. So Judah... The tribe of Judah couldn't just go and say, okay, I'm going to take now where Gad is. Nobody. It's been already ordained and assigned according to what God has assigned and ordained for you to do. This is about purpose. Are you with me? Your field, your territory is for your purpose. That's where the harvest is. You can only harvest in a field. Are you with me? You can only harvest if you've planted something in a field. You can't harvest in the wilderness because you can't plant. Are you with me? So when God gives you a field, the field is given for the harvest. The goods and the people. Whoever's under the sway of that territory will come under your influence when you're on top. So the purpose of everything is what? It's for territory. It's about your purpose. It's about God bringing you into the space and the place that He's got for you. And it's not just about your gift. Your gift is a tool to harvest. Because you can go into a field with no gifting, you cannot harvest. Try without a sickle to pull some stuff out, you will get nothing out. 
but God gives you a tool. Your gift is for free. You didn't pay for it. So people have great gifts. Just don't judge yourself by your gift. Judge yourself by influence. How much influence have I got in the territory? Yes, you must work on your gift. Yes, you must show up on your gift. Why? Because you can't go over to the blunt sickle. Are you with me? Your tool must be sharp. So when you come into a place you serve with excellence, they can only but promote you. For what? For the harvest. So when you're serving, even in the house of God, we'll see the gift upon you, but the gift is pointing to the field. And so many people make it about the gift. And there's nothing wrong with it because you know what? It gives you identity. It helps you with who you are, your assurance, your security, and all that kind of stuff. Not in your gift, but it just, you understand what I'm saying? But it's not, it doesn't end there. It's about purpose. Because you can have a great gift working in the field of the enemy and still get paid something, but not actually having influence over anything. So God wants you to take your gift, go into the field and possess what He's given you and use that gift in that field to produce what He wants to have produced for the earth and for the kingdom of God. That's why Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 to 5 says, says that the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in your womb, listen, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you as a prophet to the nations, to the territories. I already had assigned territories before you were born. I built you a certain way. I ordained you a certain way. I anointed you a certain way. I graced you a certain way. Why? Because I knew the territory that you're going into. So you've been fully prepared. Fully prepared with everything that you could ever need. Fully graced with the anointing of God upon your life. That when you walk in that space that God has adapted for you, then every place that the sole of my feet will turn upon, that has God given unto me and everybody that's in my environment or my sphere of influence that opposes me, you are coming into submission and subjection to the Spirit of Christ that is in me in this place in Jesus' name. Then you take authority. Why? Because I'm positioned correctly. I have authority here this morning because I was given authority by Apostle Max. That's why I can preach what I need to preach this morning. But I can't go to another church, go sit in Ramah, worship and say, okay, today I'm preaching here. No, not wherever the sole of your feet is. So the sole of your feet will tread based upon the place that you've been authorized to go into. God, hear me, this is by the Spirit of God. God is distributing territories in this next season through this house in Jesus' name. There's going to be clarity. There's going to be clarity. Listen when the word is coming forth in this next season for what God is speaking of your life. Next, he says, I have given you. You don't earn it. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. Are you with me? You don't earn it. He says, I've given you this land. It's not by your skill. It's not by your intelligence. It's not by your education. It's because God has given it as an inheritance to you. So when you're coming into a place, the minute you're going to want to lean on yourself, you're in trouble. Because you never made it happen. You never ordained it. You never assigned it. And you never put it in place. God did it all by himself. And the enemy, when you come into a space, the enemy wants to put you under pressure to say, you must perform. No, I will perform with my gift. Because God gifted me. Amen. I will perform with the anointing upon my life. Amen. But I didn't bring me here. I didn't choose this place. God chose it for me, and God paid for it through the blood of Jesus Christ. It was already redeemed. I'm just coming to claim what's rightfully mine. So we're reclaiming what was redeemed. 
Amen. When you're walking into a space, hear me. It's very different to walk into somebody else's house and to walk into your own house. If you come into your own house and something's out of order, they run it immediately. Immediately you bring that thing into order. Why? It's my place. Are you with me? But I don't go into another man's house and try to put his stuff in order. That man will kick me out of that house. Some of us treat our field and our territories that way, like it's the devil's and it's not ours. And you're scared to say what you need to say, scared to be who you must be. The devil is a liar. It's yours. It belongs to you. When you come in there, they submit to you in Jesus' name. Hear me? Rahab, Rahab, when they go to Rahab into Jericho, she says, for the last 40 years, we were scared of you because we heard about you. You think the enemy's, you think the enemy's not scared of you. He's bang. He can see the light, the anointing, and the word that's on the inside of you. He knows it when you're coming. You're actually the rightful heir and owner. But what he tries to do is to put you under pressure. So you don't believe the word of God. You don't believe that it's you. Why? So he can stop you from moving into what God has got for you. I need to move. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 26 says, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight, but to the sinner. He gives the work of gathering and collecting, listen, that he may give to him who is good before God. He says, I've given them the work to manage it. They were managing it for a thousand years almost when the prophetic word was given to Abraham. Giants were there. They were cultivating it, nurturing it, fertilizing the soil. They were making sure they produced such magnificent, great, and awesome fruit so that when you come, because it's yours, you were looking after it for me, honey. Your contract is done. Move. It's mine. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. Yo, I need to move. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. He says, as I was with Moses. Joshua was Moses' assistant. He served him for 40 years. He saw what God did in and through this man's life. He saw how God was with him. He saw how God gave him instruction. It says when Moses went up 40 days, Joshua was sitting at the foot of the mountain waiting for him. He didn't even sit with the people. He sat waiting for him. He saw the move of God. We've seen the move of God through our own apostle and through everybody else in the world, through the, through, through the, through the generals in the army. Amen. Benny Yin and all of them, you see the miracles and stuff like that. We've seen, we've seen God move. As he was with them, he is with you. As he is with Apostle Max, he is with you. As he was with Moses, he is with you. So when you're coming into the place, you're not by yourself. I'm not walking in there by myself. Listen to this. In Exodus 23, 20, it says, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Exodus 23, 23, it says, For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, and I will cut them off. It says you will have an angelic assistant to take out what has been there before. You have angelic. When you come into a room, you're not all by yourself. You've got angels. You've got a host of heavenly army with you. Why? Because you're coming to take back what rightfully belongs to you. This is a war. This is not me coming in to do a whole little whatever, whatever. No, we're coming in to take back and to take over. Are you with me? Because only when you're in position of power, only when you have influence, can you influence the world with the kingdom. God wants to lift people in the season. He wants to change your positioning in the season. He's coming to the next move. Is happening in this house in the season. Hear me. And God wants to shift your positioning so that you can influence the world for his kingdom. 
God will never leave you. In, I think it's John chapter 6, he says the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. But it's not just about the mental ascent of knowing that God is with me. When somebody is with you, how do I say this now? You know when you were younger, okay, I don't know for some of you, but when I was younger, I had older friends in the wood, you know what I'm saying? And they were like the the, 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 the Owens. So if you messed with me when I was by myself, even though I knew that I could go fetch them, I would still be scared. But if you messed with me and they were with me, then this mouth is amplified. What did you say? You know what I'm saying? There's a certain attitude. Why? Because they're here. They're with me. As you grow in your relationship with God, you'll begin to understand that it's not just that the fact that He's in your vicinity. No. God is with you. He's standing by your side. He's backing you. He's gone before you to make the crooked places straight. And wherever you go, and whatever you say in alignment with His word, His purpose, His plan, He will bring it to pass. So when you go into the boardroom meeting, or you go stand before the people, don't be afraid. In Daniel they say, we know that the Spirit of God is in this man. That must be our prayer. That wherever we go, they must know that the Holy Spirit is with this guy. Say, yeah, something. This guy, he got Jesus with him. And he operates on another level. He's not like us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even when they wanted to take out Daniel, the king cried for his sake. Why? Because he knew what was in this boy is what was needed. And he says, no man can stand before you. No one can hold what God has assigned in this season, in Jesus' name. I decree and declare, whoever's holding anything back, whoever's standing against you, hear me, that spirit is cut off from your life in Jesus' name. The Bible says we do not, it's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We do not war against people. Are you hear me? Don't pray for God to take out your boss. The Bible says you must pray for your enemies. Jesus said pray for your enemy, love your enemy and pray for him. The key is to pray against the spirits that want to influence their minds. That's why even in the seasons, uh, those last couple of weeks I've been praying, I say, no, everybody, and praying over people that I know that are involved in deals with me. I pray over their minds. I bind their mind to the mind of Christ, the truth of His word and the power of His cross. I bind every mind-binding spirit. I decree and declare that their minds are subject to the Lordship of Christ, that they hear the Spirit of God. And they obedient to the move of God. When I come into the place, my presence that holds the presence of Christ on the inside of me subdues every spirit in my environment. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Stop giving the enemy power. Are you with me? No man, nobody can stop you. Hear me. I will pray for you. And I will continue to pray for you. But if you choose to stay going against the will of God, then the Lord must deal with you, not me. I must do what Matthew chapter, I think it's Matthew chapter 5. I must pray for you. But there comes a time where God says, okay, no more. Not because of me. Because he wants the territory. Because the people and the goods are locked up in the territory. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. I'm going to combine these three now. I've got four minutes. So Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. It speaks of, it says, be strong and courageous. So let's go 1-6. I'm going to go quickly. 1-6 says, be strong and of good courage for to you. For to this people you shall divide any letters to the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. He says, this is three times he says, be strong and courageous. This is the first time. He says, be strong and courageous. He says, why? Because there's a call upon your life. 
I've given it to you to hand it out to these people. He says there's a call. Do you receive the call? When you're walking in a place, the enemy will do everything to make you feel that you're not the one. Apostle preached a word a couple of months ago. He says, are you the one? John the Baptist speak to Jesus, and he said it to the congregation, do you believe that you're the one? And we all shouted, I'm the one, I'm the one. Do you know all hell will break loose to tell you you're not the one? So you've got to get up every morning and say, I receive the call of God upon my life. I've been chosen by God and anointed by God, graced by God for this territory that He's assigned to me, and no devil in hell can stand up against me. Wherever I go, there's favor upon me. There's well wishes upon me. People cannot help but help me. They cannot deny me access. Why? Because God has called me for a time such as this. This is my territory. This is my space and nobody shall be able to stop me in Jesus' mighty name. Number one, receive the call. Know that it's you. Walk with boldness. Be courageous. Number two, accept responsibility that comes with the call. He says, I'm giving it to you for these people. The reason why God is blessing you is because of other people. God's purposes always has people in mind. Always has people in mind. So when God's bringing it upon you, what? You have to take responsibility for what He's giving you because you're going to have to be the one who's going to open up doors for others, going to bring relief for others, going to use what God has given you to transform communities and to transform nations. Amen. God's giving it to you for a purpose, but you have to receive responsibility. When you do, you can be bold and courageous. No, what are you doing? No, I belong here. I'm called by God to be here. And that you don't even need to tell other people. You can just tell yourself because when you know it, other people will see it. You see, when people come, God told me to be here. You yourself don't even know that you're called to be there. You know what I'm saying? But when you know who you are and you know that God has called you and you know that you have the responsibility of purpose to affect this place, it changes your attitude completely. Then boldness and courage will be your portion. Verse 7. Verse 7 and 8. About three minutes. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7. He says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from the right or to the left that you may prosper. There's that word. Wherever you go, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Number one, you have to keep the word. Number one, keep the word. Wherever you go, people must know that you're different. I'm not talking spooky pooky. I'm not talking about standing in a boardroom and now something like your spiritual flags. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where you hold on to the word, where the word of God is your standard. When you speak, you speak the word. The culture is the kingdom. When they speak to, they say there's something different about him. They must know. I don't have to prophesy or speak in tongues or no. They must know when they look at me that I'm keeping the word. The word must differentiate me from the rest. Are you with me? Number one, number two. Live out of the word. The word brought you in. You only got that territory because the word of God went before you. That word was prophetically spoken over those people a thousand years before. They only got that territory because God said, I'm giving it. Not because they got it. God brings you into places by the word. And that word you must live out of to remain in that place. The minute you step out of the word, the enemy's got you. You come in by the word and you live by the word. Because why? I fight by the word. The word is your weapon. Number three, I fight by the word. The Bible says the word, the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Are you with me? It says that, it says to Timothy, you wage warfare by the prophecies that were spoken over your life. Why? You take the word. When the enemy is coming up against you, you stand on the word and say, God, your word spoke. 
You called me to this place. You said we must come here. You ordained it. You spoke it. And I'm living out of this word because this word was now produced. Everything that needs to be produced in my environment to keep me, to promote me, and to accelerate my life in this place. Amen. Everything is found in the word. Hear me. Everything is found in the word. In one word that God can give you is everything that you need. The same way a sperm seed has bones, brains, a nervous system, digestive system, organs, skin, everything is loaded in that sperm seed, that microcosm thingy. Everything is loaded in there. In one word, your whole future is loaded. Every time you come to a place when there's adversity or somebody's coming up against you, the Bible says they'll bring persecution for the word's sake. Not for you, for the word's sake. Why? Because the enemy wants to disprove the word of God so he can tell people that this don't work. But you've got to stand firm. You've got to hold on to the prophetic and say, I don't care, come hell or high water. I'm coming through. I'm going over. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I'm only called number one. I'm leading in this place. I'm standing here wherever the soles of my feet will tread. God has given unto me. I can stand with utter boldness and I can be courageous. Why? Because the word is working for me. All you have to do is believe. Then Joshua 1, I'm done. Joshua 1, 9. He says, Have I not commanded you, that and be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with you wherever you go. If he's assigned it, he's with you. That's the number one thing. If he's assigned it, he's with you. I don't care who comes up against you. You don't have to be afraid of any person. You don't have to be arrogant. I'm not saying you come in there and kick everybody. No. But you can come in there with boldness. The worship team can come up. You can come in there with boldness. You can be courageous. Why? Because you know that God is with you. You know, there's a song that I've been worshiping. It says, God will work it out by Maverick. I've just been loving that song in the season. Why? Because I didn't call myself to places. I didn't make my own gap and make my own way. I never did. God's word has led me to a place. And he must keep me, not me. It's not my responsibility. Mine is to believe. Mine is to stay in faith. But it's him who will work out everything that needs to be worked out in my environment in order to bring me into what he has assigned to me. Are you with me this morning? It's a season where we're getting up. We're going to be bold. We're going to be courageous. We're going to be moving with the move of God. I'm telling you with everything I have inside of me, I know like I know like I know. There's a move happening. Be attentive. Just listen to the word that's coming. I haven't heard Apostle preach anything. I'm not, I'm not talking from, I can tell you by what I'm hearing from him when I'm speaking to him that he's getting ready to release something. I can hear something's coming and I'm waiting because with that word, we're going. With that, I'm telling you, that word's going to take you there. It's going to bring you in. It's going to give you the victory. It's going to produce whatever needs to be produced because of the word that's going to go before us as a people. Let's stand this morning. Father, I thank you for this morning.
I thank you that even as the word has been released, Father God, that it's a word that is stirring us up, Father God. It's causing us to shift, to get up, Father God, from where we're at, Father, and be attentive to what you're saying in this season. I thank you that over this congregation, over Kingdom Life, and you see everybody connected via online, no matter where you position geographically. If you're connected to this house, I'm decreeing and declaring that the next season you'll be a part of the move that's taking place in this house. That God's going to give you clarity of purpose. He's going to show you the field that you need to be assigned to. He's going to connect you to divine relationships. He's going to open the doors that is necessary for you to come into what He has for you. And as a people, we're going in. As a people, we're going in. I declare that to be so over this church. That this church will be a testimony of God's goodness, of His faithfulness, and of His favor. I decree and declare that over this land, over this campus, that the next 12 to 15 months there will be a supernatural supply of resources, supernatural miracles of provision, supernatural givings, offerings that will take place on this place to build what God is assigned to be built in Jesus' name. In super quick time, an Amos 9 moment where our heads will be moved so fast because everywhere we're going to look upon this campus is going to be blessings. Hear me? God is going to raise people up in the season. He's going to bless you profusely so that you can bring here into the stores what needs to be brought so we can build what needs to be built in Jesus' mighty name. Hear me, church. It's a season of the supernatural like we haven't seen it before. Marketplace miracles everywhere. 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 In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eye closed. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I want to pray for you this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Hear me. There is this life that God has got for you. There's a territory that God has assigned to you. There's a prophetic place of destiny that God has ordained for your life. He's called you like He called Jeremiah. Before you were born in your natural birth, God already knew you. He ordained you. He set out a calling and a purpose for your life. For those that are online and those that are in the house this morning. If you want that life that God has got for you, the first step you must make is to know Jesus Christ. It's to be saved. It's to invite Him in as Lord and Savior and say, Lord, transform my life. Set me free from sin and darkness and the work of the enemy and bring me into your kingdom so that I can take over like you want me to take over. It starts with Him. Every head bowed and eye closed to you that are listening online. If that's you, if you say, I don't know Jesus Christ, but I want this life, then I want to pray for you this morning. Or you say, I prayed that prayer before, Pastor B, but now I know that I'm so far away from God. I just want what He has in my life. Then I want to pray for you as well. If that's you, every head bowed and eye closed in this place, if that's you, and online, if that's you, I want to pray for you this morning. Just lift up your hand very quickly. Say, I want to pray that Jesus can come into my life. Just lift up your hand very quickly. Be bold and courageous. Be bold and courageous. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you are the Son of God, that you came down to heaven, came down from heaven to this earth, that you died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins, that you rose again three days later, that I may have life. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me with your blood. Make me brand new. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen and amen.
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you said that prayer and you made it from the bottom of your heart, just connect with me after service. If that's your online, you prayed that prayer, you believe that God has done something in your life this morning, then just DM us. We want to connect with you. We want to pray for you. We want to get to know you. And we just want to walk with you in the next season. You may be seated this morning for the tithe and the offering message. Take me to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 to 12. Malachi 3, 10 to 12. Okay, Malachi 3, 10 to 12. It says, bring all the tithes into the stores that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour such a blessing that there will, be not, there will not be enough room to receive it. It says, then I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that you will not destroy the fruit of your ground, of your territory. Neither shall the vine fail to bear fruit in the field. And all territories will call your territory blessed and a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You see, tithing is first. Tithing is the first principle. Before you can give an offering, before you can sow your seed, you first bring the tithe into the storehouse. It's a tenth of what God has blessed you with. And when you bring a tenth into the storehouse, into the house of God, the Bible says that He will protect your field. He will increase your field. It's all about territory. It says the place and the space, both geographic and spiritual influence, will be blessed because of you when the tithe is brought into the stores. He says there's a release over your business, over your sphere of influence, over your ministry, over the territory that I've assigned to you. There's a release, an open heaven that you don't have enough room to store it and that you have to distribute it. Amen. But the blessing is made manifest on that field. And then he says, when people look at your field, they're going to say, shh, that's a delightful territory because God has blessed this man. Amen. You don't tithe to get blessed. Your tithe is a declaration that you are already blessed in Christ Jesus. But when you tithe, it speaks in the heavenlies. And everything shifts and changes for that blessing to be made manifest on your life. So as you bring your tithe and offerings into the stores this morning, I'm trusting God for an open heaven above you. That no matter where you sown, when you sown in the field, the devil won't be able to come and take you over your harvest. The Bible says that even when you sow, the vine will not cast its fruit. That means it must be fruit. That fruit will never die out, become rotten, or never be it must produce for you. Amen. I'm declaring that over this house in the season. Fathers, you bring our tithes and offerings into the stores as well. As we give unto you, Lord God, I thank you that this supernatural increase and supply, that you rebuke the devourer for our sakes, oh God. That, Father God, every time we sow in our fields, that there will be an abundant harvest. And people will look at our lives as kingdom life and say, this is a delightful land in Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say, Amen. Presence, Lord, all I want is to be with you. It's nothing like the presence, Lord. to. Amen. You may stand this morning.
I want to speak this over you today. It's Joshua 1, 1 to 9. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to this generation, kingdom, life, embassy, this Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' assistant saying, Moses, the servant is dead. Now therefore arise, kingdom, life, embassy, and go over the Jordan, you and all those people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot to tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and the slippery, and as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which my servant Moses commanded you. And do not turn from it from the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, says the Lord, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, I declare and declare that in this next season, Father, as you release the word prophetically over this house, Father God, that with this next move of God, as the children of God, as kingdom life embassy, we're rising up in the season. We're moving with you, Father God, and we're possessing the lands that you've assigned to us to possess. I speak clarity, divine favor, divine purpose upon each and every person under the sound of my voice. And I declare and declare that this week will be a week of supernatural breakthrough, of expansion, of increase, of prosperity, and health and healing on every side in Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen.